Ring, ring. It's time for another episode of Crossplay Conversations, the show where we dive deep on the world of video games while keeping it light. I'm your host today, Jacob McCourt, and I have two co-hosts with me. The first one, the host with the most, it's Luke Lewis. Hello. Last Hi. episode of the year. Let's do Woo, it. Let's go. And my second friend, uh, the sneaker savant, Joseph Hooper. Hello. I don't, I'm not going to make you show a shoe because you have a dog. It was my shoe. It's a cute dog <laughs> for audio shoe. listeners. Oh. There here. she goes. I'm Off here. on an adventure. Another uh, another reason to check out the video version so you can see Joseph's very cute dog. There you go. Uh, today we're doing a bunch of things uh, because it is our last recording of the year. We're going to walk through what games we're going to play before Goaty in our icebreaker question. We're going to cover a short recap of the 2023 edition of the Game Awards. And then we're going to end with a little end of year game to get us ready for Goaty. Uh, so with that, our icebreaker question for this week is what games are you planning to play between now and our Game of the Year conversations in January? Luke, you brought this question to us in our Discord because I think that you had said, hey, what games should I put on my Steam Deck to play during the holiday break? So let me get in your brain. What are you planning to play in the next month before we record our Goatee conversations? For sure. I think. Yeah, I'm kind of plotting out because we have a, a limited amount of time. There's a bit of time, not a yep. lot of time. There's enough time to squeeze in like a couple small indies or maybe like one larger game. And so that's the game I've been playing. I've, I've been kind of dabbling in a lot of stuff this week just to see kind of what sticks and what mm-hmm. I would like to keep playing um, on my radar. I want to dabble in Baldur's Gate. I have not touched Baldur's Ooh. Gate all year. Um, Joseph, I know you've been playing it. It obviously won Game of the Year at the Goaties. Spoilers for our, our future discussion there, but it's one that I feel like I need to at least touch to kind of just like hold a have have a right to have a Game of the Year conversation. I don't know if it's necessarily my bag, but I do like a good narrative experience. So interested to check that out on the indie side um i just jumped into sea of stars and i'm really loving that Mm -hmm. so i'm planning to keep playing that it feels like a good portable game um play while traveling to my folks for for the holidays and then i've also been hearing a lot of talk about chance of sonar i don't know if you guys have heard of this one it's like cool indie puzzle game kind of cel-shaded art style but it's all about like linguistic linguistics puzzles based Mm -hmm. on the tower of babel story and you're like learning languages and like interpreting information it kind of gives me tunic vibes Mm -hmm. joseph as far as like how information is unfolded to you throughout the game so i've heard really good things from from folks so that one's on my radar to maybe check out for indies because i feel like i've been pretty good about either finishing or playing a significant amount of Mm -hmm. everything else that I think is of interest to to this group here on the on the pod. Do you guys track? Do you guys track the amount of games that you play in a year? I, I don't know if I know the answer to this question because I, I, yeah, I keep meticulous notes. I keep meticulous notes of what I beat. Mm. Yeah, and then okay. I like if there's something I want to go back to. I haven't kept a list of like everything I've tried because mm-hmm. that's kind of a lot. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't I don't actively track it. But, like, I'll go in and update my GG list every now and again. Yeah, what's nice is with GG is I usually keep, like, my playing. And for those who don't know, it's, like, I think it's gg.app or ggapp.io is the is the site. Um, 
I keep track of everything I beat, and then everything that's abandoned goes in that list. So at least I can I can cobble together a list if I had to. But I've beat forty one sure. games this year, which oh I feel God. like is that's so many games. I feel like that's enough. That's a lot of games. That's a ton games. of games. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm playing Baldur's Gate right now. It's a good game. It's a it's from what I hear, it's a long game though. So, <laughs> uh, I will probably be playing this as my main game up through our game awards conversation. Um, I don't have any plans to pick up any other major games. Uh, like I might go back to some games. I might finish off tears of the kingdom. Cause I never finished that. Um, and I guess I, I, it is possible. I pick up chance of Sonar as mm. like the final game to fit into my end of the year scope because puzzle games are hundred percent my thing. So I think it's relatively short too. So that's a plus right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll I'll get around to it. If I get around to it before the conversation, we'll see. But I'll definitely try. For sure. I feel like I played like tons and tons of games during the break. Like maybe I play 10 hours of games a week. And then like during the break, I'll play like 30 hours of games during the week off because I have the entire week off. Um, so I'm I'm trying to finish up Spider-Man 2 at the moment. Which I think you guys know it. You're you're enjoying me just discover the things in that game as time goes. Um, but if I get time, I think RE4 remake is going to be the next thing that I that I try mm-hmm. and hit. And then if there's any time left, either um, Alan Wake two or uh, Tachia will probably be the the stuff that I focus on. I'm gonna try Jusant one more time, but it is like absolutely not vibing with me. So that one might go to the abandoned okay. pile. But that's Fair. that's what I'm Fair. planning. What's nice. nice is I don't have to travel for the holidays anymore, so I can cool. just sit in my box and family will come to me this year. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our uh, that's what we've got on the docket for the rest of the year. Um, the Game Awards uh, just happened uh, as of recording a few days before we're recording this. Uh, it was a two hour and 52 minute show plus pre-show. What I'd love to know is, uh, first off, high level. How did you feel about this year's show? Let's start this time with Joseph. Sure. Uh, I thought um, from a presentation standpoint or like from a game reveal announcement standpoint, it's probably one of the better years that we've had in some time. Um, I think it is still the same formula that it always runs where it's like, okay, we have some great announcements in the beginning. Uh, there's a little bit of a lull in the, in an hour stretch. And then we end with some good announcements as well. Um, but you know, overall, I, I think I enjoyed, I had a lot of nice surprises, some genuine surprises that didn't link for me, which is really cool. Um, from an award standpoint, I think it, continuously gets worse as just like an awards <laughs> show um yeah. like it's just very very weird odd choices like not even talking about like letting people speak or whatever but like best upcome like best debut indie can go on stage but best independent game is like announced on the side super weird choices um so i don't like that but i understand how it is so uh overall i enjoyed it uh I didn't, the lull was not great, but it was better than previous years for sure. Luke? I I might be the odd man out on this one, but I just was 
really disappointed in in this year to be honest i i thought the caliber of announcements i would agree with joseph like there were some really exciting announcements and games that i'm definitely excited to keep an eye out for but from an award show standpoint it just felt it just felt really disrespectful to all the devs that traveled to be there and you know i i know running a show and planning an event of that scale is logistically difficult but like people were getting played off after like 20 seconds. It was insane to the point where like Sam Lake has been working on Alan Wake two for 13 years and he gets played off and it's just like, I don't know. It just felt really distasteful and it kept happening. So it it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Not to mention, I know there's a lot of outcry about Jeff and company, not acknowledging any of the layoffs and horrible things that have happened in the industry. I think we all kind of expected that, but it's still disappointing that nothing, nothing on that front happened to kind of acknowledge folks. Um, yeah. So I just think, I don't know, from like a symbolic industry perspective of like what this event is like at its base level set to do of celebrating video games. I don't think it did a great job. It was it was entertaining to watch the reveals. But when you look at the breakdown of like how much time was spent on announcements versus how much time was spent giving acceptance speeches and awards. And to Joseph's point, it's really weird that like certain awards weren't presented at all or were in rapid fire. Like the fact that like best RPG, which is like a pretty major category, was just like steamrolled straight through or best music. Like in the past, we've received like I remember like multiple music performances throughout the night. And this year we kind of didn't get that. We got the Alan Wake one, which was incredible. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But like, (laughs) it just felt odd. It felt way more, it felt more commercial than past years. It felt like a step back, not a step forward to me. What did did you think, Jacob? I'm curious. Yeah, I, um, as far as the pacing of the show, I thought the first, I'm a huge fan of the pre-show. And I think, Sydney yeah. Goodman, like Pre-show whoever great, wrote her yeah. script, pre-show was great. Yeah, I feel bad because some of the jokes she had to deliver, like clearly, I was like, somebody wrote this, and it almost felt mean that some of the jokes were like so sort of deadpan or lame. I love Sydney Goodman. I just felt She's like great. It was, whoever yeah. wrote maybe didn't like talk to her beforehand, and she had to deliver some like sure. interesting jokes. A lot of banger announcements always in the pre-show for folks like us because they're typically like smaller indie. I mean, we get Brothers remake in the pre-show. Last year, we got Dead Cells, yeah. Return mm-hmm. to Castlevania in the pre-show. Um, it's not the pre-show, or at least for yeah. like industry folks, I don't feel like it is. It's a weird branding in that sense that like the show's not starting, but like it really is. Yeah. Like Daniel Mullen's new project, like, yeah. that's big. Uh, but, but the pacing of the show, I felt like the first hour was like banging, and then the the it, this show sort of dragged a little bit. Um, Joe's, I mean, um, we've said this before that Jeff has multiple masters that he has to appease here and he typically never satisfies any of them. And it's typically folks like us or journalists or members of the, the game dev community that are the ones that are usually burned. Um, but I don't know what the solution is. Is the solution really that we're, that we're going to do an Oscars pre-show style thing where we give away a bunch of awards, maybe even the day before, and it's streamed, and every single person gets the chance to like deliver a speech because I feel like that's where we're moving to. That we need to put half of the awards outside the show, somewhere where like the viewership will be one one hundredth of what the main show is, but then you can really give those devs moments to talk and then even pull clips in from that show into the main show. He's got a tough challenge, right? Because the show has to make money. The show really isn't a Game Awards. It's like 
Uh, somebody said it was winter E3, and I think that's what it is plus awards. Um, I agree with you, Luke, that like maybe the devs needed 30 more seconds to you know do their thing. Yeah, just like let them finish talking, finish the statement. Yeah. Like I, you know, Chris Christopher Judge talked for eight minutes last year, and like I think there's a middle ground of like we don't need to be so ridiculous with cutting folks off and. <clears throat> To, to your thing you mentioned about a winter E3, I've seen a lot of folks calling for it to just be two separate events where there's either like on the same night we get like award show power hour and then we get winter games fest presentation. And that mm -hmm. feels like more in line with what they're doing. And then in theory, Jeff can use the funding and sponsorship from a winter games fest to cover the award show portion. I don't know. That's just food for thought. Yeah. So, I mean, from my perspective, I 100% agree with Jacob. Oh, the dogs are going crazy over there, but I think Chris might end up cutting it out. Um, the dogs are like, about sorry. this topic. I know they're like, <laughs> we need to. Well, let me see what's going on. I thought on. you said Chris for a second, so I'm like, wait, is Chris Cr Judge Crisp? the one who's gonna like grab the dogs so and be like, stop? Inside baseball, Crisp the audio yeah. deleting. That's like your audio tool filter, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I think they're good. Um, yeah, I think I agree with Jacob 100%. I think that at the end of the day, it's like, I think it's going to be very hard to put the show on. And like the reason that there, the show is three hours and has like an hour lull. And hold on, let me get my three-legged dog here. <laughs> You're all good. I think to, to jump on what Joseph yep. is probably going to say, just the idea that like, there's thing there's boxes that have to be checked and that's why the event is as long as it is and checks that need to be boxed right yeah yeah so like i know people are like oh let's make it two days but it's like how are you gonna like who that's another theater that you have to reserve yep, right. and i think reserving it for the first day is probably already exorbitant like i don't know if jeff makes a profit on this at all like or how much of a profit he makes but yeah i think at the bare minimum he can let people talk a little bit longer. I think that's not going to kill anybody. Um, and I think this was the first year where people were cut off like this and it was like pretty egregious. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, these awards is, is kind of like a weird situation, right? Because like people have a lot of requirements for the show and yes, it is supposed to honor the, the game developers and everything. But at the end of the day, it is just one guy who, is allowing game journalists to vote for their favorite games and give awards out. Like it is not like a sanctioned event by the guild of, you know, gamer developers or anything like that. So like, it's like this weird thing where people demand that the game awards show some level of respect and stuff for the developers. But at the same time, there are shows for that and nobody watches them like, Nobody watches Dice. Nobody watches the Joyce, Joystick Awards or anything like that. I don't even know if they stream the Joystick Awards. Quite the Golden honestly. Joysticks are streamed, but like, I think yeah, they do. But since they're in the UK, it's like a weird time yeah, timing like, for so us in the US. It's this weird thing where the reason that people watch these things are the reason that people complain about it, where they're like, "Oh, don't show this trailer. Don't let Kojima, you know, speak for this long." But at the end of the day, that's why. The viewers game awards has higher viewership than every other show. So it's just so it's just such a 
weird position to be in where Jeff is now somehow the arbiter of games awards. And when he's really just kind of like a rich guy that hands out his own little things, like, like he's a podcaster that can afford really nice awards, for for example. Um, so it's kind of like this weird thing that I don't think will ever be resolved because Jeff has to pocket or like has to fund this thing from his own bag, right? Or support it with advertisers who demand that certain things be in the show. So it's going to be, we're going to have this conversation every year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think Jeff can do things to ease the pain on himself by just doing common sense things like not cutting people off within yeah. 30 seconds yeah and, and I, I do want to call out like sorry this is a business boy minute i no. noticed that there when i say the word endemic there there are tons of endemic sponsorships like we saw discord and we saw google and etc but not a lot of non-endemic sponsoring the show like essentially non-game companies like your food delivery companies or um others like weren't really getting involved this year so I wonder if his budget was lower this year. Um, it didn't feel like it, um, but that's one thing I definitely noticed. And to your point, Joseph, like he's got multiple masters, and I think folks like us will likely always have criticisms of the show. Um, some of them rightful, but I feel like no one else. If Jeff wasn't doing this, there would we'd have the Spike Video Game Awards again, right? So yeah. beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I think there's. Yeah. Sorry. One more thing, ahead. Luke, and then we'll jump to yeah, announcements no, here. You're good. I think I was just gonna say I I agree that th there's forward progress to be made within the realm of possibility. Yeah. I, th I think that's it. Uh, quick recap Wait, on. Go ahead. Before we before we go, uh, just a quick question. Do you? Mm -hmm. How does how who funds the Oscars? Do we know? Like, is it the Screen Actors Guild of America or something like it's that? It's the like, uh, Academy of Motion Pictures. Yeah, um, that's okay. like a whole org. Gotcha. Okay. And there's so advertising. Um, but I think the advertising then comes from whatever network is on. And they will mm. obviously not get all of the advertising during the commercials. But they'll, in my, in my brain, because it's a special event and because it's like on different channels depending on the year, mm. um, part of the commercial break revenue would go to the show. Plus, okay. they have a museum that helps fund the actual right. uh, thing. So, like, it's a little different than Jeff, which I think, think about the Oscars have been around for almost 100 years, right? So, there mm. might be a world where the TGAs then, now he's got the three shows plus the music shows that he does at the Hollywood Bowl if he continues to do those. But maybe there's other revenue sources going forward, and he ha doesn't have to rely as much on, like, advertisers in Has a little bit 30 years freedom. from now, but who knows? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, on the awards, uh, there were only three games that won multiples. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 ended up walking away with six game awards. Game of the Year, Best RPG, Best Multiplayer, Player's Voice, Best Performance, Community Support. Uh, Alan Wake 2 walked away with three. Art Direction, Game Direction, and Best Narrative. And Forza Motorsport walked away with two. Best Sports Racing and Accessibility. Um, announcements. I'd love for y'all to let's just rapid fire style go through some of our favorite announcements of the show. Um, I will start and say that I popped so hard for the Dave the Diver slash Dredge DLC. I've lost my mind because those are two of my favorite games of the year. And to have Dredge DLC in uh, Dave the Diver, just like sign me up. Let's go. Yeah, I think yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice to see indies like 
playing well together and like doing fun fun shit i think was really fun like among us did a thing recently where it's like they did a bunch of collab stuff with a bunch of different indie brand studios so Mm -hmm. it's cool yeah but indies in quotes but smaller games working together you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh luke where did you pop most in the show um I think Marvel's Blade probably was the biggest yeah. pleasant surprise for me. Like, I'm a huge comic book fan. I've kind of fallen off of the MCU in the most recent entries. Just it it hasn't surprised me in the same way it did leading up to Endgame. But I, I love a good comic book game. Like, we've been playing Spider-Man this year, Batman Arkham games, etc. Like, I, they're some of my favorite games of all time. And I absolutely adore the Dishonored series. Mm-hmm. So seeing Arcane Leon working on a game that they wanted to make, like they pitched this game to Marvel games and we were like, we have a passion for this blade play it your way. I'm interested to see what they do with third person. Like there's so many things with this game and the cinematic trailer, I thought looked absolutely sweet. So that was a really cool surprise that I, I can't wait to see what happens with that one. I thought it was Redfall for a second. Uh, Cause yeah, the vampire vibe. I was like, that's like, weird. Oh, Redfall that, DLC. Uh, there's it no is way. weird that they're doing two kind of back-to-back vampire games, and one's probably going to be absolutely fire. Yeah, and that's Blade. But and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Redfall was Arcane Austin. Correct. And yeah. then this is Arcane Leon who did. Yeah. So Redfall Deathloop. was the Deathloop. studio behind um, Prey for mm-hmm. folks who played, and then yeah, this would be the Deathloop team. Which I I fell off of Deathloop not because of quality, but just didn't stick with me the same way Dishonored did, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that's a really talented team over there, so I'm excited to see what they do. It'll be cool to see kind of like an artsier, like highbrow Marvel game, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not, but like at least have some kind of, some of those arcane elements in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I that was also probably my biggest one as well. Like me, I'm like, in terms of arc, uh, arcane, like I've played every game excluding Redfall, since, like, Dishonored 1. So I played all of Dishonored, Death of an Outsider, Prey, Deathloop, and I enjoyed all of those. So super pumped for Xbox to be getting their first Marvel property. Yeah, that's and a I'm big part of it, too. How, it's cool. Here's how far they can take it. I don't think it'll get Spider-Man levels of hype, just because, one, uh, the gameplay genre is, you know, you know, immersive sim is not as, you know, wide encompassing as just random action open world uh but two like the ip i think a lot of people know of blade but people don't have that connection to him because he doesn't really have those modern movies to especially all those reboots to get the different generations excited about it but i am hyped nonetheless um I don't know Arcane as like the story guys, so I don't know what if the story will be, you know, mind blowing or anything like that. But from a gameplay perspective, man, I cannot wait for them to get their second shot at vampires, uh, just a few years after the calamity known as Redfall. I thought of both of you uh at different times of the show when a game announcement came up. Uh for you, Joseph, uh when Rise of the Golden Idol came out. Uh, when the, the yeah. sequel is coming, I knew you'd be cool excited. One. And then yeah. Luke, when Lost Records Bloom and Rage was announced, yeah. So that I looks loved... like my shit for okay. sure. Did those two games like really pop you both? Joseph did. Uh, did Rise of the Golden Idol really yeah. pop you? I mean, come on, yeah. Any more Golden Idol content? I'm all there for it. I'll eat it up. So I cannot wait. And it's on Netflix too. That's pretty cool. That's a I cool little Netflix cool for exposure. And I think the, yeah. the, the murder mystery Who Done It is hot. 
right, right now, you know, off of Knives Out and things like that. So yeah, I think it's cool. Netflix making moves. Net- yeah. Netflix making moves. So yeah, totally hyped for that one. And Lost Records. I thought it was a Life is Strange game, but it is a, a new IP, I guess. Yeah, I it really it looked like True Colors when it first started. I was like, oh, is mm-hmm. this a True Colors sequel? Which mm-hmm. I absolutely adored. But cool vibes. I like the art style. I like the music. I think that studio is very capable of telling compelling narrative. So yeah, super excited for that one. The other one I think I popped the most for was in the pre-show Windblown, yeah. the new motion mm-hmm. twin game. I I fucking love Dead Cells, so I'm <laughs> I'm super excited to see this. Like, it looks like co-op kind of like isometric Hades esque roguelike. It looks really cool. Yeah, uh, just the indie announcements in the pre-show, man. Brothers, the Pony were... Island Two. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. So, these, this was a banging pre-show for yeah, sure. Yeah. Is there a Pony Island one, or yes. is this a Goat Simulator mm-hmm. two to three situation? Okay, there is. There okay. is a Pony Island one. Got yeah. Because yeah. I saw that name and I was like, that sounds like a ridiculous game, but it looks weird and cool. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sold. That game is uh, really inexpensive, and if you okay. have, don't have it, our friends at Six One Indie just did a playthrough on their YouTube channel. Oh, fun! So you can check that out if you just want to get a, a flavor for the the first game. Okay, that'd be cool. Okay, uh, two really other quick announcements. Yeah. One, uh, I have been a staunch uh, Hellblade um, denier, not denier, but like <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to bring skeptic? everybody's hype down because I I don't yeah skeptic that's a good word I don't feel like it is going to hit the triple A or I didn't feel like it was going to hit the triple A Last of Us level that people are kind of comparing it to uh, but after seeing this trailer I think that this game is going to be something really special like just from the graphical standpoint where I was seeing you know clips where I was like this looks like live action like some of the stuff that I was seeing like the way the lighting and the faces were looking I was like this is incredible. Um, and overall, like now that they've shown the combat, I don't think it's going to be game changing or anything, but I think that they have smoothed the edges from all sides. I think this is just going to be a really, really uh, exciting and new experience that feels super AAA. So shout out to the Hellblade team um, because that I'm very excited to get this game now where I wasn't as excited before. And then quickly, like the Koji- Kojima OD announcement yeah. jordan peele that, coming out blew my freaking mind i was not ready for that music to start playing for for jordan peele to walk out that door i'm curious if you guys think that this game will truly be as revolutionary as he says it is because i think he said that about death stranding 2 and uh or desperate death stranding as well and i'm not sure if I don't know if he necessarily accomplished that. Maybe in some ways he did, but I'm curious what you guys think about the upcoming OD project. I think Kojima makes very interesting games, and I'm always compelled to check them out. Um, I don't necessarily know if we needed as much time spent talking to him on stage as we got. Like, he's a big name. He's very interesting. He's very cool. He's very compelling. But, like, when it ultimately boils down to I'm making a game in a new media or a new medium that you've never experienced before. It's like, okay, let's, I like, (laughs) great. I love it. You're making a horror game with Jordan Peele involved. And it was also weird. Did you guys catch when he was like, and he's not even the biggest name or like something along those lines of like, it's not just him. There's more. I've assembled the Avengers. supposed to be other people. What does that mean? So it's very interesting. The game looks 
the graphically very impressive, but yeah, I think anytime these there was another announcement to the the No Man's Sky team working on Light No Fire. Yeah. A similar announcement where I'm like, okay, let's let's like not I don't want to be negative and like say no, we but need let to me temper expectations. What I was gonna but say is like, like the hype yeah, men ahead. need stuff need to stop hyping their games. Have they not learned, especially I think we Sean need Murray? To chill yeah. a little bit. We can Bro. just be like, we're doing something weird. And I think people will dig it. Like that's yeah. enough. That's enough yeah. to get me excited. You don't have to say you're making Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. technically factually correct, but I mean you think Sean Murray of all people, I, like I don't know the man, but like given yeah. what happened with No Man's Sky you did it again and, sorry and maybe to jump to that one because i know we were talking about kojima but i feel like they kind of intertwine each other in terms of like the internet hype running away with it by the time the game it's like impossible for these games to live up to expectations when in reality i kind of have no expectations for either game yeah. not in a negative way but just like a we'll see yeah I, I don't you know yeah kojima makes very good video games yeah of course uh, death stranding is a game that i think I didn't love as much in the moment as looking back on, I really enjoyed. Like, actually, you know, stumbling about like a drunken toddler while carrying packages across mud, like, maybe wasn't the most fun in the moment, but I really look back at that game with a lot of reverence. And I feel like that's, that's Kojima's games where, like, you may yeah. struggle a bit in the moment, but, like, you look back and you say that was one of the coolest experiences I had in the medium. But to say, like, you're essentially revolutionizing games is a little um, maybe hyperbolic. But I mean, that's what that's what Kojima does. Uh, and Sean Murray, I, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't know the man, but uh, based on what happened with No Man's Sky and having to take years to essentially deliver on most of what was promised, you'd think like you'd, you'd sort of temper expectations a little bit. But um, game looks cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just didn't expect it to be as fantasy as it was. Yeah, I think I told my partner, Claire, that that feels like a very Claire game mm-hmm. to me. Um but yeah, he he just it felt so hyperbolic to me. It's yeah. just like he's like twelve people are working on it, and it's the first true open world game. Yeah. Like, oh my god, sir, what are you doing? Not like this. I mean, I can't think of a game that actually like loops back on itself like the planet Earth does. Um, but if he can yeah, even deliver that's... on that, that would be cool. Let me tell you about a little game called Outer Wilds. All right, <laughs> like sure true. the planet Fair. is like true. you know has like a 10 meter circumference but hey it does loop back on itself um did anyone play the hit playstation one game tale of the sun no i'm just kidding <laughs> and look That's i'm sure there are tons pole. of games that do that too but um i just really wanted to walk through some some quick hits before we we move here um, for sure we got dlc uh for final fantasy 16 that got dropped that night plus the announcement of the next one we got the Valhalla DLC for God of War, which by the time this comes out, you that should cool. be able to play it. I'm excited to check that out. Cool. And that's free as well, which is rad. Which is rad. Um, and then I want your take as the... Uh, we have the new game from the Goose Game folks, uh, Big Walk, which I don't know any much about that game, but sure. Uh, I'll, I'll play your video game. want your take on Monster Hunter being the close of the show, because I feel like for me... That's not a game that really vibes hard with me. So to have like Light No Fire and Monster Hunter really be like your last two big announcements, like sort of drag the show just a smidge for me. I don't know if y'all felt the same way. I think it's a big announcement to other people. Mm-hmm. I 
for me personally like i thought world was pretty cool and that's the mm-hmm. most i've gotten into a monster hunter game i think if they had called this world 2 i think <laughs> more people would have been like oh okay heck mm-hmm. yeah which this essentially is monster hunter wild wilds i think is the the subtitle but like that's what this game is it's a sequel it's a follow-up to that scale it's a sequel to like the most mainstream six commercially successful monster hunter so i think it makes sense but yeah it was a bit odd this it kind of maybe a show opener would have made more sense for this one yeah no joseph negative Negative. i mean like i I really don't really care about monster hunter because i need i need health bars on my enemies i don't care if you call me a baby for that but i need to know how how much i got left to go when fighting these 30 minute boss fights uh but also the graphics just didn't what they showed didn't seem that impressive to me. Like it just seemed like it didn't seem like it was the next step generational step for monster hunter. It just seemed like, Oh yeah, this, this, I, if you told me this ran on PS4, I believe you like this looks just like, okay. Or whatever. And the sceneries that they showed like the desert scenes, I was like, all right, sure. I Uh, think folks in the community picked up on a lot of like, Oh, there's flying mounts. Like that's new and exciting. And there's like, I, they pulled from the Monster Hunter Reddit on the Minmax show, and someone cited that like someone noticed there were two weapons on the character in the trailer, which means oh, oh you can take multiple weapons on a hunt. Which like I don't even remember from World, but apparently that's a big deal in Monster Hunter <laughs> of like variety, and it's like okay, so there's 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 stuff for people out there, but it's one of those where I'm just like, go have your fun. I'm I'm yeah. glad you're I'm happy you're happy, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I think Jeff did, did Q&As running up to the show, and I think that he always said, like, he felt like it was a show that had a ton of announcements, but yeah. his huge show might not be your huge show. And I feel like that's, the like, a clear example of, of that sure. sort of thing. I, you know, this, yeah, this totally. show is streamed globally now, so I wonder if, like, crowds in China and Japan, like, lost their friggin' minds at this, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure there I mean, were folks out there that were like, Marvel's Blade, meh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Same. I think like even like the Black Myth of Wukong, I think that was probably one of my favorite trailers of the of the show. Like the stuff that they were showing off in that game, which is coming out next year, allegedly, um, was just dazzling to me in terms of like an adventure fan as like a you know, souls like kind of fan. Like I was is like, that okay, one a this Team Ninja looks game? incredible. No, no, it's a it's a new studio, okay. I believe. Team Ninja yeah. is the oh, what is their game? Their game looked cool though. It's also worth calling out with the Black Myth Wukong. I want to highlight Rebecca Valentine's write up at IGN because she did an article about kind of the studio culture and a lot of toxicity and sexual harassment claims over the years and things. So it sounds like that studio's not a good spot, but the game does look quite impressive. So it's. It's a, it's a tough thing to separate, but I feel like it's worth noting. I'm thinking of Rise of Ronin. Yeah, that that one looked cool. Yeah. Also, the um, sorry to add more announcements, but there was the other new IP from. Gosh, what was it? The last, Ron the other like ninja style game. Am I tripping, or is that called Rise of Are Ronin? Talking... The new IP, the like futuristic game. Oh yeah, you're talking about like the last. It was called like the last Sentinel or something like that. Yep. 
But who's making it? I'm blank. Sorry, I it's should have pulled this studio, up. It's a new studio, isn't it? It's a new studio. Okay, it's okay. a new studio. Yeah, yeah from that. like somebody who was on the Red Dead project or from Rockstar. That's I right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Lightspeed LA is the studio. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, anything else y'all wanna wanna cover? Uh, I have I have two other quick hits. Uh, Sega just randomly announced five remakes. That was weird. That was Wild. crazy. That was Wild. crazy. And to and, see like gameplay of like little snippets of all of them, I was like, "Yo, what is this? This is amazing!" <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch all of them in the moment. I was like, "Oh, Crazy Taxi," and then after the fact, I was like, "Oh, also Golden Axe, also Jet Set Radio, also Shinobi, also Streets of Rage." Streets of Rage is a weird there. one because didn't we get a Streets of Rage four? We did like three yeah. years ago. That was great. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's it's interesting. I. I love Jet Set Radio. I like it to come back in a big way, but we'll see. Uh, and then the musical performances. I mean, this year we we alluded to the Alan Wake performance. Um, the the orchestra did their medley as always. They also did a Final Fantasy VII, um, the second game. I, I don't remember the, the subtitle. Rebirth. Rebirth, thank you. Um, with the singer from The Greatest Showman, like actually doing the vocals for it, which was was cool. Um, oh, is that where she was from? Yeah, she she's not. Like, she didn't like act in the movie, but she sang on the oh. recording of it. I'll, I'll oh. get the name, okay. but yeah, highlights in in musical performances that y'all really liked. I mean, the Alan Wake performance was like yeah. on another level <laughs> for, <laughs> for me. Yeah, like that was absolutely nuts. Like, I'm curious, Jacob, as someone who hasn't played the game at all, like, what what were your takeaways from that what it, are you more interested to play the game now like what's the what's the vibe with that because i was just like i was on the verge of tears just of like how fun that was and how much production they brought and the fact that they had like the alan wake physical actor as well as the voice actor singing on stage like it was so meta and weird and sam lake being up there dancing like it was just so dope it was so cool to see so i'm glad they made that happen i didn't get a lot out of it um sure. just because i haven't played the game and yeah uh, it was weird i liked seeing sam yeah. blake do his thing like yep. d- that man just needs to be protected um yep. it doesn't make me want to play the game more or less that was that okay. that that's performance fair. was for the alan wake 2 fans yeah no i think yeah. that's fair out of context it's like what the fuck <laughs> i <laughs> watched fuck it with the uh, two people that also didn't play the game and they were like Wait, is this is this in the game? Like, wait, what is what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. You got to play it to see. You got to play it to find out. Um, I really liked it. I really loved it. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Probably. I mean, I also, I also kind of oddly liked the Hellblade performance where they played cool. this song that nobody had ever heard of mm-hmm. before. You know, everybody was like, uh, and they had like are you going to show a trailer on stage and everybody was in costume, yeah. like the production yeah. on that I thought was cool. I love that Gregorian ass shit where they're mm-hmm. chanting and, and not saying words, man, give it to me every time. Yeah. That gives me like PTSD because when I was in undergrad for my music ed degree, we had listening literature tests where it was like all Gregorian chant. So we're listening oh, good, to like good. 20 or 30 songs in Gregorian chant. So I'm just like, oh my God, I'm back. But it, it's cool music for sure, and it's like it sets a tone that's very, very compelling. So, uh, there's one thing you can always say about the Game Awards is that they produce and put together performances that you would not get anywhere else. Um, yeah, and I, I always appreciate like 
the year I went, which was 2021. Uh, Sting was there, performed the song from Arcane, and Imagine Dragons performed the song from Arcane with JID, uh, and I, I love that. Um, last year, the performance with Halsey was weird, um, but fine for Diablo 4. Uh, but you always get like cool performances, and I guess I tip my hat to the uh, the Game Awards Orchestra, which I mean you had the privilege of seeing live. Luke. Yeah, I hope they do another concert in a similar style, or at least every couple years, because it, it was really awesome. And I I wanted more of the orchestra throughout the the show, but I I thought it was really awesome to to see them play. So. And shout out to I believe his name is Pedro the 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 flautist yeah. that was just laying it down with mm-hmm. the bass flute and I was like this is so hype this mm-hmm. is the coolest. Uh, important question for you, Luke. Um, for folks who listen to the Lukeworm Games podcast, uh, you have a pizza bet with your partner Claire every year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, based on guessing all of the categories. Um, my understanding is you won this year's pizza bet, right? I did win. I did win by by three points. Claire was leading ah. throughout the evening. Um, yeah, but I, I did come out on top in the end. The pizza was very good. So thank Dang, you for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Well, I ordered a pizza that night and I paid for it. And then afterwards, Claire was just like, I can just pay you for, for the pizza <laughs> we, <laughs> we got. And we'll call it even. So it worked out. It was nice. Uh, any other thoughts about the Game Awards uh, before we flip to the next section of the show? It can be a fun time, and I, I I still look forward to watching next year. So, yeah, some good stuff, some some room hey. to grow. Did anything surprise you guys in terms of uh, awards? Oh, um, I felt like it was nothing surprise. Like everything that won, I was like, "Yep, that makes sense." Either I predicted that, or it makes sense. There wasn't anything that I was like, "Really? Oh, like nothing like split the vote." as much this year as I kind of thought it would. No, I was I excited to see um, Hi-Fi Rush win s- sound design because I-, I thought that was going to go elsewhere. But like games like that, where it's like, cool, I'm glad folks like remembered that game or um, Chia winning games for impact was it was a surprise mm-hmm. for me. Like, I-, I really love that game and I'm excited to see that it-, it resonated with folks. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest surprise was Chia, not because it's not a, you know, a, a good game. Yeah, I- yeah. I've played an hour of it. I know Lee- Luke, you played it. Um, just it it maybe had the least clear impact of the other games. Like obviously, they're telling the story of New Caledonia in that one. Uh, but oh, really? You... I felt mm-hmm. like maybe it was just beating it, but I felt like it had the most. Oh, in a sense. And see, I thought of Venba. I thought of Terra Nil. Like I thought, if we were doing it based on purely the the sale of pro social issues, like Terra Nil might actually win it just because of the environmentalism message that they had um that's the only reason i was surprised about chia yeah that's fair i i don't want to like spoil the whole story for folks but like it's still worth playing but there's like there's just a lot of representation whether it's culturally speaking whether it's for the lgbt community it's just like and the way it's represented doesn't feel like like overly in your face it's just like very authentic i would say so yeah it definitely deserves it and i was excited for that team Mm-hmm. And then for me, the other surprise was around content creator of the year. Um, I thought mm. for sure just it was scale of creator that would win it. So someone like a Cypher PK to me was a shoe in. Um, but to have, you know, Iron Mouse, who's a VTuber, um, be the winner, I was I was genuinely shocked about it. But I mean, I don't know. It's a, a yeah, it's a thing. 
for sure. Otherwise, like a lot of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joseph. I was gonna say I know a lot of people like Iron Mouse uh, because she, you know, she has like this uh, physical condition where she literally can't leave the house, uh, and then she's like amassed this whole audience and and following and whatnot. And I think she won. She like wins. She won some stuff at the recent streamer awards as well. Um, so I, I, I'm not in that community. I don't really follow streamers like that, but I do know that she has a lot of hype mm-hmm. around her. Yeah. She, uh, she won best VTuber at the streamer awards, which is QT Cinderella's, uh, uh, award ceremony that happens every year. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think I just have one more award yeah, to shout please. out real quick. I thought it was cool to see Cyberpunk take best ongoing game. I've been playing it a bit over the past couple of weeks. I'm like 10 hours in. Oh, snap. It's a good game. It's a, it's, it's a good game. I, it's come a long way since I played it back in 2020. And I think um, to the CD Projekt Red's credit, like they stuck with it. And I think they evolved that game in a big way. And I think it has a you know very passionate community. And it, it's nice to be able to look back at that game and like, you know, give it an, a, a a thumbs up and say like, if you're interested, it's definitely worth playing. And it, it was cool to see them get their flowers because they definitely didn't when it launched. So, yeah, I, I think that is a prime example of like uh, the game's initial failure being like a result of management and not a result of the the capability of the developers. Because sure. uh, to their credit, like a lot of the things that they promised initially are now finally in the game. Right. Uh, maybe not to the grandiose detail that they were hoping originally, but it's there, which means that, hey, like if the devs actually had an extra year or whatever to, you know, implement this game without having being pushed by management to deliver on these dates or whatever, which I understand you got to do when, when sure. this is like the fo- sole thing that's funding your company. Um, I think that. You know, it would have been a way different story. Totally. Um, but yeah, uh, one other category that I think the only category that actually shocked me that was one of the bigger categories was uh, um, best performance with mm. uh, um, the voice actor for Asterion from Baldur's Gate. Um, I do not have Asterion in my party, so I very, I mean, I talk to him every now and again. Mm-hmm. He is a cool, interesting like character. But to have him win performance of the year in a game where you don't even have to have him in your party is like insanity to me, which yeah. is like not saying it's insanity in a bad way, but I'm like, dang, like he must have really charmed some folks because we got all these people who you either play as or who are main side characters or whatever. And it's like, actually, this guy who maybe 25 people percent of people brought along yeah, he's he's doing the damn thing this this year, and the fit. But it's wild because like, oh yeah, no, it was out, so good. Yeah, outfit was great. But like, it is wild that like that game is so dense in a sense that like that twenty five percent of players or however many had him in, in their party, there's hundreds of hours of dialogue there. Oh yeah, and side quests and like companion quests and stuff that I'm sure is like incredibly compelling. And I think it just speaks to like the Baldur's Gate fandom is real and they are loud and proud of that fantastic game. And that's, it's really cool to see, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I would have, my guess was Ben Starr just because I felt like, even though like, I don't know if it was my favorite performance of the year, but I think he had like 
he, I feel like he's the industry darling right now. Of just mm-hmm. like he's a lovely person and he's really charming and he's on all the content and the marketing push around him. I think has been very good. So that was kind of my prediction, but I was surprised. But well deserved and excited to see. I'm glad you mentioned that because that mm. actually gave me some. That gave me some hope. Not hope, but like, you know, it it was nice to see that it's like, okay, the guy that it seems like should win because he's best friends with everybody and he had a good performance. I'm sure. not taking away from that. Yeah. I'm no. like, it's it's pretty cool to see. I All agree. Right, I I don't know this voice actor from Baldur's Gate. I know his character, but I don't know him or anything mm-hmm. like that. So to see him get his flowers from basically just doing this this killer performance, very cool. Um and one random side thing before we go to the next section seeing saga anderson's voice actor in the crowd so fucking trippy dude i'm like that's you are the character you look exactly like this character and this is this is weird Uh, and alan wake too like his ilka i believe his name was on the giant bomb couch and i was like this is weird yeah (laughs) this is very cool but this is meta (laughs) i think with ben star i I sort of agree with you that he took the industry by storm this year at least folks in our circles um but ben will have his his opportunities because he the weekend of game awards it was announced that he is going to voice a character in the new warframe uh dlc or the new warframe story so at least ben will continue to be in games from the look of it Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Someday he will get his, yeah. I'm sure. He won the, did he win the golden joystick or no? Okay, so he's good. Yeah. He's good. He got his, got his award. He got the hardware. Yeah. He got the hardware. <laughs> um, nice. Well, uh, that is our coverage of the Game Awards 2023. Y'all, uh, we're going to play a little short game to end our year of podcast, our first year of the podcast. And this one is to get us in the mindset of Game of the Year. Um, both Luke and Joseph don't know what I have planned here, but as our resident quiz master, uh, let me walk you through what we're going to do with the rest of the show. So to get ourselves in the mindset of game of the year, we are going to build a list of 10 games each. Your goal with this list is to select the games with the highest open critic rating from 2023. The only catch here is that you may not select a game that was nominated for game of the year. So in this case, you may not select Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Super Mario Wonder, Resident Evil 4, or The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Which, again, this is more to just get us in the mindset of like, what games are sort of under the radar that folks should check out, that have been rated highly, that we may have forgotten about. Um, and we'll do it sort of like snake draft style. So the first person will get the first pick, and then the next person will get two picks, and the next person will get two picks, just to make it really fair on everybody so with that i'm gonna swap my little cam here um to pull up the list that i prepared here um yes and so what i would love for you boys for you boys is to um decide some way between you on how to decide who who goes first coin flip Coin flip works if you have a coin handy, or who is born earlier in their birth month or something. I don't know. All right, uh, let's see who was born earlier. What when, um, what day is your birthday? Twentieth. I'm the twenty ninth. So okay, you Joseph, first. you have the the first right. pick here. And as we go, I will put in the open critic scores so we sort of know where we're at. 
Okay. Uh, okay. You cannot pick one of the Game of the Year I... nominees. Right. Uh, Wait, you, you cannot just, like, pick one of the Game of the Year nominees. I'm assuming... Oh, I missed that. Shoot. Okay. I'm assuming Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty does not count. It... If there's an open it? critic, I will give it to you. If there's a separate open critic, there is. So if you want to pick it, I will give it to you. All right. Yeah, All give right, me that. So Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is an 89 on Metacritic. So your Sorry first is 89. Luke, you get the next two picks here. Oof. Okay. I got to rack my brain Reminder, here. Reminder, and I will actually move it up so you can see it. Um, you cannot pick... You I cannot can't, pick yeah, okay, one of these. Helpful. Just to, uh, sorry. You can one, one of, of those games. Okay. Um. Gosh. I'm gonna go with Armored Core okay. Six. Fires of Rubicon. Armored Core Six. I believe it reviewed pretty Armored well. Armored Core Six. Fires of Rubicon is an 85 on Open Critic. All right, hmm, Luke. Okay. What's your next okay. pick here? Um, let's go with Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16, um, is, if I knew how to use the internet faster, Final Fantasy 16 is an 88 on Open Critic. That's about as high as you can Holy get. Like man. a ninety plus on on Open Critic is very tough to get. Right. So Joseph, your next two picks are okay. up. Fantasy sixteen. Happy with that. Happy with that. Give me, Ooh, give me cocoon. Okay. Mm, so that's a good cocoon call. Good call. Is an eighty-seven on Open Critic. What? Should be higher. Uh. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, now my brain's like flowing. I have a couple more that I think. We're in the conversation. High eighties range. Give me. Hold on. All right, let me let me just do a quick reverse on all the games that just just recently came out. I know I'm missing something. Okay, just give me Sea of Stars. All right, Sea of Stars on Open Critic is an 89. Let's go. Nice. I thought it was like an 83 or something. I'll take that. your next two picks are up. Um, Pikmin 4? Okay. I'll throw that one out. I feel like the folks that played it really dug it, so that that feels like a safe bet. That's an 88 on Open Critic. Yes. I should have said Pikmin 4, okay. Um... And then can I do I'm thinking Forza okay, Motorsport? Forza Motorsport um, is, and I have to make sure to get the right one. Feels like a safe, safe. Uh, that's an safe eighty-four guess. on Medic on Open Critic. Mm, okay, I did like it less than previous Forza games, so that we're all still we're, we're doing tracks, well. We're really close, uh, Joseph. Your next two picks are up. Okay. Give me a give me Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, nice. Mm, that's uh, good. Hi-Fi Rush is an eighty-nine on Open Critic. Let's nice. Freaking go. Nice. Uh, and now give me Dead Space Ooh, remake. Okay. Also good. Also a good pull. Dead Space remake. 
is a an 89 on open critic wait <laughs> do games actually not break 90 what's going on it's here? very on open rare critic, it's very rare those ga- those goatee nominees definitely did a couple of Dang, them for I sure did not realize that okay um open critic in my mind mm, is typically like two okay. points lower than metacritic Hmm. I'm gonna jump to the indie side and go with hmm, now I'm questioning it. I'm gonna say Ooh. Venba. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out okay, Venba. Venba on open critic is an eighty one. Yeah, okay. Fair. So I'm going to give you guys a, a second to think of more games. We're at the halfway mark. We have five games each. So let me recap what each person has. Okay. Give you a second to think. Joseph's list at the moment is Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Cocoon, Sea of Stars, Hi-Fi Rush, Dead Space 2023. And Luke, your list is Armored Core 6, Final Fantasy 16, Pikmin 4, Forza Motorsport, and Venba. Uh, we have five games to go. And just a reminder for folks screaming at their uh, podcast uh, provider, that high, why aren't you selecting, you know, the bangers of the year? The rule is no game of the year nominees. Just give folks more games that they should check out before game of the year. Also, for the record, okay. these all are all bangers. Like bangers. these are all good, good games that we've listed. Just, just throwing right it out on there. my list right now. I'm trying to think. So, of Luke, what you I are missed. up for your sixth pick. Am I allowed to reference my my personal top ten list, or is that that uh... a no? This all needs to be off the oh, off the dome. It's okay if it I'm does. I'm fine. I do. Joseph, thoughts? I'm okay with it. If he looks at his list. You're the role master. Do, oh, hold on, let me say. Jacob Joseph, sets. do you have a list that you're building for Game of the Year? Uh, then I'm no. going to say no, Luke. Sorry. I mean, I'm just going That's off fair. my, That's just fair. Going off my I brain. Respe- I respect the, the if he rules had a, of the if game. If he had a list, I would say yes. But since he does not, I will say no. Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Um, okay. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing some obvious... We're missing some obvious AAA stuff that I'm not thinking of. That reviewed fairly well. Well, I have... Hmm. I don't think that reviewed well, though. I have one in mind that I, I'm not going to say. Because then Joseph will steal it don't think the open credit well but i don't think the open credit i think the game i don't know if it's spoilers to say the game's probably in a good place now but i think when mm. it reviewed it was not if that mm. gives listeners any hints to what i was thinking oh i see all right luke your sixth pick you're up i'm up okay um let's go with I'm gonna throw out Dredge. Keep the mm. indie Dredge, train going. Um, on Metacritic or on Open Critic, rather, um, is an 82. I think that's a little low, but that's little, admirable for Dredge. Oh, man, you're next two. Uh, okay, Dave the Diver. Okay. That's what I'll go with. Uh, what do you think's higher between think Dredge and Dave the Diver? 83. Uh, Dave has to be higher by uh, like a Dave point or two. Dave is a 90 on Open Critic. What? Oh okay. my Okay, God. indie game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then my next one is kind of a gamble because I don't. So, what happens if the game does not have enough 
That's a great question. It does not have an open critic rating. I will check Metacritic. If there's no Metacritic rating, uh, then I will ask you to select another game. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so in that case, we're going with Pizza Tower, baby. That's a 90 right there. Uh, Pizza Tower on open critic does not have rating. Uh, how did you just know it wasn't going to have oh, ratings? Oh, shoot. Because <laughs> I feel like I remember looking this up in the past, and it didn't actually have as many ah, reviews Pizza as I Tower thought. Pizza Tower has a Metacritic rating, so I will give you the Metacritic rating of 89. Okay. All right, Luke, you've got two up. I'm going to go with the fighting game category. I'm going to go with Street Fighter 6 and I'm going to go with Mortal oh, Kombat damn. 1, which I Dang. that was the that was the big That's triple A's. Genius. I was like, "Wait, we're missing." That's so we have major. a new highest so point getter on the board. Uh Street Fighter 6 no is way. a 92 on Open Critic. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. That might have recovered some of my 84s and 82s. And then 82s. Mortal Kombat 1 is an 84. Okay. Oh, really? That's kind of low. It. I'll take it. Dang, that was a good pull, Luke. That was so, a good Hoopman, pull. Uh, you've got two picks uh, up. We are at game eight for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What else would have had high reviews? Yeah, we're what getting else? down to it now. Oh. I'm like, uh, give me, uh, give me chance of Sonar. Okay. Chance of Sonar. Andy Darling. Chance Let's go. of Sonar has an 82 on Open Critic. Ooh, that's a little lower than I I wanted. Okay, okay, that's all right. That's like my first low pick. And then your ninth game. Uh, okay, last one. Ooh, I have one, but I don't know. I have two. For the audio listener, uh, there's two games left for each player. This is Open Critic, right? Uh, Follow the heart me, of the cards, bro. Give me Starfield. I was thinking about that. Give me an 82 on that? 83? I think it reviewed better than we think. But I feel like it kept dropping. Yeah, but that's user reviews, though. Let's go! Like, yeah, 85. that's what I thought. It's an 85 yeah. on, okay. on Open Critic. So, Luke, okay. your final two games are up. Um, do the okay. first one, and then I'm going to do a little, a little calculation here. A little math for the suspense. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep in the indie world, and I think this reviewed quite well. Slay the mm. Princess? Yeah, that one I was... I think that's a 90 plus. Did it have that's enough 90 reviews? on Open Critic. I think it did. Let's Why go, no? baby. I had it on my list. Let's I had go, it on my baby. list. Right, so let's... Their social presence was very good about tweeting out the, like, the screenshot with the review scores, and I was like, I think it did quite well. That's awesome. Um, good for that game. So, really quickly, math-wise... Uh, Luke, you have 775 points uh, going into our, our final game okay. selection. And uh, Hoopman, okay. uh, let me do the math really quick. A lot of 89s on the board for you. 89 seem to be your number. Yeah, I think, I think Hooper's in the uh, lead. You are 789. So Luke, you need a banger here. Oh, that's not that much higher. <laughs> yeah, I need like a 90... Oof. Um, 
Shoot. You're going to have to find one of those niche titles like Grand Blue Cross Tag <laughs> Fusion. The like only game I can think of right now is a AAA that I don't think reviewed favorably, so I'm not going to go with That's that. Um, exactly which one you're thinking, too. Let's go keep in the indie world still. Um, hmm. Shoot. Sorry, give me no, like No, this is the big pick. 30 seconds. Just for our audio um, listeners, I will recap while Luke decides on his last game. Joseph's List. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Cocoon, Sea of Stars, Hi-Fi Rush, Dead Space, Dave the Diver, Pizza Tower, Chance of Sonar, Starfield. Uh, he's up 14 points total, so essentially almost a full open critic point higher than Luke's bench of Armored Core 6, Final Fantasy 16, Pikmin 4, Frozen Motorsport, Vemba, Dredge, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 1, Slate the Princess. Luke, give me a banger. I'm going to go in the Nintendo world. I'm going to go with Super Mario Ooh. RPG. Ooh. All right. Uh, drum roll for Super Mario RPG. This one, my friends, is an 84. Mm, so, Luke, okay. uh, that puts you at a final total of 859, which means your average game ranking is 85.9. Well, Joseph, just pick the AAA game that I didn't pick, and then we're good. <laughs> then I win. Eighty-five. <laughs> uh, so, what's the math there? I need a. Okay, I need a seventy or higher. <laughs> oh, that's pretty damn. Okay, well, all right. It, I'm it picking well fought. I'm picking viewfinder. We're closing this wow, one out. Okay. Okay. This what, like an eighty-three. Viewfinder is an eighty-three. Nice. Well done. I mean, I got the eye. Got the eye. You just have a good bet. Can you humor me? I was also thinking about picking Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. What oh, is that? that? That's got to be, that be a 70 most, or like Because I think that didn't review as well as... Oh, Bomb did Rush Cyber Funk was a 78. Okay. Mm, okay. What's um, Jedi Survivor? Just out of curious cr curiosity. That game kept <laughs> popping up on my head, but there's, I was like, there's no way. It reviewed well at launch. Uh, Jedi Survivor was an well, 84. Relatively speaking. Okay. Actually, that's funny because it's the good. same as Super Mario RPG <laughs> that I ended so up I guess going with. Final question well, for you. Uh, we have that our list fun. here. And again, quick recap for the audio listener. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Cocoon, Sea of Stars, Hi-Fi Rush, Dead Space, Dave the Diver, Pizza Tower, Chances in our Starfield Viewfinder for Joseph and for Luke, Armored Core 6, Final Fantasy 16, Pikmin 4, Forza Motorsport, Bemba, Dredge, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 1, Slay the Princess, Super Mario RPG. Between the two benches here, I know that Open Critic says there is a full point between them, but who's got the better bench here? And is this the best year of video games of all time? I was going to say, these are mm. cool lists. Like, I like these, these groups of cool games. Lists. This is fun. This Who's was got the better fun. bench? I know Open Critic said Joseph, but... I mean... <laughs> Joseph's like his me. <laughs> I mean... I mean, look at that list. Look at that list. Look it's at the a, variety I, on there. I, I do like the variety, because I think Joseph has some solid AAA bangers, but he also has a couple indie gems. Um, But I, I have Pikmin 4, so I mean... <laughs> It's true. He does have. He does have I have a lot of like Nintendo happening, and if you're a Street Fighter or a fighting you're game a fighting person, game like fan. that, that's the that's the move. 
some indie representation. I'm just excited that Slay the Princess scored that well. That's really cool. Yes, that's that's Love. awesome. All right. Well, that was uh, our first uh, mini quiz, quiz show, quiz game uh, in crossplay conversations history. So thanks for humoring me, y'all. Um, we're going to close out the show. Uh, so before uh, you, we leave, we set our status to away. Uh, you can do three things for us. Uh, you can do one, you can follow us on Twitter at Crossplay Convos. You can two, send this podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts. And number three, and we really mean this as a new podcast. This is very important. If you've not given us a review on your podcasting platform of choice, please, 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 as a Christmas gift, as a Hanukkah gift, please, please give us a review because if you like this show and you've listened to 12 episodes, like, Come on. Come on. Five stars or else take it take it away and take it to another podcast. Uh maybe the player player podcast. Anyway, um <laughs> uh Luke, what I'd love for you to do before we close out is uh Come on we're over. planning our game of the year stuff. You're you're leading that charge. Uh, do you want to give folks a, a small tease on what we should expect in January for that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are taking the holiday break to play as many more games as we possibly can. And then we are joining forces with my lovely fiance and co-host Claire of the Lukewarm Games podcast. She's going to join and our group of four is going to return. I believe it's the second week of January with our big game of the year content. It'll probably be split up into two parts because we we have a lot to say, lots of games to cover. But part of it will be our best of awards categories with some fun shenanigans and some predictable things like best narrative best performance best music but we'll also do some wacky ones like um best gameplay loop or best creature companion or um different fun things like that so we'll have that where those are more like our spirited debates and then the second half will be kind of more of a celebration of our personal top 10 list so we'll run through the 10 games that each of us wanted to highlight within the year so Y'all have some solid recommendations and a, an even bigger backlog in 2024. And we're really excited to celebrate um, just a ton of wonderful releases. The thing that I love this about the show, and I mean, this is the third time that we've done this sort of game of the year sort of conversation. You can check out the first two years. Uh, we'll yeah. maybe link them in the show notes for this one if you want to check those out. Yeah, over, over on, on Lukewarm Games. Games. They were like the big inspiration for this pod, I would say. It's like those were the first couple times we really and we may be the latest game of the year sort of conversation in the pantheon of podcasts but i think you know it really gives us a chance to take everything in during the break and then come to you with the definitive list of best video games sure let's go with that um all right y'all well that was the show um so with that i will end by saying the only thing shorter than this podcast is the call of duty campaign question mark bye